the Toasted Sister podcast. I'm Andy Murphy. Today I'm speaking with Chef Josh Nez from the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center's Pueblo Harvest Cafe. I met with him in his personal home kitchen in Albuquerque where we shared a meal of lamb, blue corn mush, and a three sister succotash. It's a meal he'll be making at this year's Bears Ears Summer Gathering, which takes place this week, July 20th to the 22nd. Every Tuesday, well, like I was saying, every Tuesday we have a family dinner. My brother, his wife, my family, either I'll cook here or either we'll go to their house right up the road and we'll cook there. So it's kind of our uh, one time out of the week that we get together and cook. And I'm us- I usually cook and my brother's wife, she cooks and we work together. <laughs> Is it like uh, mostly Navajo foods or are you like testing stuff out on them? I like um, I like the testings out, just whatever, like some we'll want like Chinese food, we'll want um some native food we want Mexican food just whatever she'll text in so she'll text me in the morning she'll say oh I'm kind of craving on um, green chili stew so okay we'll have green chili stew and but uh, she usually makes all the fried bread <laughs> my brother's wife yeah she makes all the fried bread and I do all the other stuff <laughs> so this is um butternut squash uh, this is called in um, Navajo language, it's called Nayizi. I have this and corn and beans that I'm going to put all together and as a succotash. Earlier I did all my prep, really all my mason plots, so pretty much got everything all down already. Got some wild rice on my corn here. This whole um, menu that, I've, that I'm doing that I'm doing here is it was um, pretty much um, it's for my girls, um, Autumn and Allie. This is my this is a uh, two sisters succotash, corn and beans, and the squash. I cook for my girls. I cook for my family. So this whole menu idea that I have is for them. <laughs> I've always um, I've always uh, used corn no matter what. As you can see in my house, I have a corn pitcher there. I have um, I have a corn tattoo right here on my arms, Twinina. I have some um, dried corn up there, and I've always believed that corn is life, not dying, And that's the way I think about my girls: is they're gonna grow up strong, they're gonna grow up tall and beautiful. <laughs> corn is power. Corn is corn is life to me. They're my they're my baby shot. Wait. <laughs> So I take care of them, and since I, I since I like started cooking, and um, I, now I cook for them. S- since corn is is uh, one of your favorite dishes, one of your favorite plants, uh, what what are some of your favorite like corn uh, dishes, and have have you started maybe exploring um, other uses for corn? I know I because I, I was looking at your Facebook page, and I saw a elote. Elote, that's not yeah. new. That's not that. That's not Navajo. That's something that's, that yeah. I've never seen before yeah, until I left. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, um, that's not. Um, that's not Navajo. That's it's just it's just a grilled corn, steamed corn. And um, since I've lived here in Albuquerque, I lived here in Albuquerque now for four years. So that's when I learned about elote. There's a guy that that right down the road. He's a he's he was always at the corner. So he always had this sign. It's called elote. I didn't know what it was. 
and um and my brother nate he had got one and he brought it home and we tried it and i didn't really like it at first although maybe like like a few months later like i started it again but this time i i, I grilled it i steamed it and then um i used a uh, chipotle mayo uh cilantro red chili um i used like feta cheese parmesan cheese just whatever che- kind of cheese there is i try to present it and have it like a good taste to it and i've thought I have a lot of Mexican friends in the kitchen. Um, I, I, I ask them, what is elote? And they tell me, and it's all right. I think I can make that. Let me try it. So I've ever, ever since I've had it on my Facebook page, I had family members back home ask me what it is. Like, they ask me, what is elote? Or they want an elote? Or that looks really good. And I tell them, it's just, it's just corn with uh, some mayo and, and Parmesan cheese and cilantro and red chili. And that was new to me. And that's new to, to, uh, to my family back home, too. Yeah, I've, I've never had it before, and I'm just um, scared about how much mayonnaise yeah. that is. I mean, I really love mayonnaise. I Every time I have a burger or a yeah. sandwich, I have extra mayonnaise on the side. But that's just something that I've been kind of scared to yeah. to try. And um, it always seems like, you know, w- whenever elotes is being sold, it's like out in the street. It's outside. It's hot. And you don't really feel like a steamed corn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought about it though, but when I serve it, I, I do it like in the evening. That way, I'm not standing in the heat and it's not too hot to have it. So I've sold it like a few times, like at the street food downtown. Um, my brother Nate, he does um, art shows. So when he does, then I'll I'll go over there and I'll like ask him, hey, is it okay if I um set up out here and sell some um sell some corn elotes, not that. Some people don't, but they don't like the mayo either. They don't like the mayo. They don't like the cheese. Someone will just have it plain. I say, okay, that's fine. No, that's how I eat it too. So that's, you know, either you can have it without the mayo or with the mayo. It's still, it's still really good <laughs> and it's still a really good snack. Oh, and then I, I asked you, um, what's one of your favorite uh, corn dishes to make? Oh, yeah. Just grilled corn. Just grilled corn or either I'll just, um, I'll just chop it off the, the, the cob and, and just get the kernels and just roast it. And it's pretty much like, like my favorite. I've never, I haven't really done anything else with it, but just, just have it grilled or have it on sauteed or, I've made corn chowder before. It was pretty good, but not, I think I'm not really into like corn chowder, but yeah. yeah. The, corn, the corn's just like good and sweet by itself. Yeah, corn is, yeah, corn, yeah, corn is good by itself. My grandma had a cornfield a long time ago. Yeah. And we used to go in there and we used to hide in there and play in there and and then we would like she would like go have us go out there and like pick out all the corn and we would bring it back we'll make like grilled corn or we'll make some kneel down bread and that takes like a whole day (laughs) (laughs) my grandma would have taught me a lot more my grandma passed away in 2001 shamasana shamasana um margaret um margaret it. Uh, she was from from Whispering, so that's where I'm from. I'm from Whispering. Where's that at? Whispering is uh, about 30 miles south, uh, 30 miles north of Ganado. Uh, see, I toured it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's 30 miles. It's about 30 miles north uh, north of Ganado, Ganado Lake. Uh, see, I toured it. I don't. 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 Anderson James, he's from the Wijibetwo, that's Greasewood. That's about another 30 miles south of Ganado. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah
study out there. So that's where I grew up from, Whispering and Ganado and, and in those areas they had a lot of corn. Yeah. <laughs> Just recently I drove through the reservation, uh, Ganado, Cayenta, uh, all the way down to up to Window Rock uh, yeah. Loop like just yeah. all the way across yeah. it took like all day and it's just I've never really done that before like through the whole res in yeah. one day and it's it's really it's really amazing how the landscape changes every single town yeah. so you're talking about a place that's kind of uh, there, there are trees there are a lot of uh, pine trees, uh, yeah. uh, juniper trees everywhere, uh, yeah. but it's still like really deserty, lots of sagebrush and everything. Because my area is mesas, mesas and just a little bit of pine trees. Yeah, it's all like trees, it's all juniper, there's canyons there. Although in Greasewood, it's desert, like sand, there's mesas. And Ganado, there's mesas too, it's like all red. And, and yeah, so yeah, like everywhere you go, it's like, it, it, it changes, like it's different. I always joke that like you can tell where somebody's from by the way that they talk. Like somebody talks really red, like somebody talks like really red, really drawn out. I always say, oh yeah, I think they're from Chinle. <laughs> yeah. So and there's a lot of like when a lot of novels laugh either like they joke around, they say Chinle, or you can tell where somebody's from too. Like for like when they say when they say like stuff like that too. <laughs> Like my family, like my aunties and them, like over in Grisa, they say Chidi. <laughs> and then over in Church Rock, over in Church Rock, my family there, um, my family there, the Touchins, they say like, uh-huh. <laughs> I think I've been away from Crown Point too long. I don't know what we yeah, say. <laughs> I've, I've, I've pretty much been away from the Riz for a while. Yeah. I've, um, I've been li like I've been living here in Albuquerque for four years. Before I came here, I lived in Phoenix for three years. Before then, I was in Wyoming for a while. Uh, before then, I was I was always on I was always home on the res. I was grew up on the res, and that's where I'm from. I miss it. <laughs> How far along is that? Uh, it's about halfway now, pretty much. I'm so like my squash and everything's all cooked now. My beans I had already cooked earlier. So now what I'm gonna do now is just like heat it up now. I couldn't get no mud here in Albuquerque. And I couldn't have anybody like, like back home, like I didn't know anybody that was coming from Gallup this way, cause you know, like usually, yeah. cause you know, like the usually, yeah, the Mine Express, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like somebody always posted like on Facebook or something, they would say I'm going to head it to Albuquerque or, and then if somebody is, you'd be like, hey, um, can you bring over some mine? My brother and his wife, they always tell me, they always tell me too, like every time, like when I go back home, you better bring back some mine. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime somebody's coming anytime somebody's coming into Albuquerque from from Gallup or from the Riz, make sure you bring some mud. <laughs> yeah, my parents are always coming from Crown Point yeah. to here and sometimes somebody will say like, Can you can you bring this for us or or uh can you take this back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take yeah, this back. Yeah. 
Yeah. For me and my sister, um, uh, well, mostly my sister, but she loves Crown Point water. Yeah. Like nice, sweet, fresh, mineral Crown Point water. Yeah. I don't know if it's mineral, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> she loves that. And so she has like a, a five-gallon jug that she always brings to Albuquerque. And mm. then I give it to my parents. My parents take it home to Crown Point and they fill it up and then it, you know. I'm yeah. kind of like the midway <laughs> rendezvous point for Crown Point water <laughs> going yeah. down to Las Cruces. <laughs> yeah, there's a really good place too. I used to, I spent a little time in Lupton. I used to, I used to um, break horses out there in Lupton. Okay. And um, there's this water wheel that's like way down to the canyon. And you can only like go down there either like a four-wheel truck or if you have like a big, like a like pretty big truck. But it's down the canyon. There's a water wheel down there. And you like, you got to pump it, pump it for like a long time and water starts coming out. The water from that is really good, like it's cold and it's fresh, like you can taste that freshness and I fell in love with it since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah ever, like, ever since then, like I haven't like been able to like find any like water like that's fresh like that, that's just from a water well. Yeah, not even bottled water. Not even bottled water, yeah. <laughs> I've been dabbing. I've been cooking for a while though. I've been I've been cooking for now. I've been well. I've been cooking in the restaurant now for nine years. When I was twelve, we lived in a house in just a small house and um, and like no rooms. We like no rooms. There was like eight of us in the house, and we had like no rooms or anything. But um, I remember like my grandpa in the morning. Like I came into the house and I was hungry, and my grandpa tells me, "Che," he tells me, "Che, uh, nobody, no, nobody's not always gonna cook for you. Nobody's not always gonna take care of you." So, and my grandpa, his name is Jim Louie. He was the first one to show me how to cook something. And he showed me how to make fried eggs and fried bologna on toast. <laughs> Since then, every morning, I cooked that fried eggs, fried bologna on uh, toast. And, and we just made a sandwich. And me and my grandpa would have that in the morning. We had that for a long time. And then after that, I never cooked again until I was like 21 or 22. My mom, she gave me a truck and I needed to pay for it. So my mom got me a job at her job at a truck stop in TA, the TA truck stop. I started there just washing dishes on weekends. The cook line was just like right there to my right. And I would like just wash them. They would be busy. They would be in a rush. And then I would just stand there and I would be like, damn, I want to do something like that. I would kind of like slowly make my way over there. And the first job they had me do was toast. <laughs> so I was just there just making toast, doing toast, doing toast. And after the rush was gone, I'll go back to my dishes. And then the manager there, like, asked me, like, hey, you want to do some prep work? I said, yeah. So she took me out of the dish room, put me in the back in the prep in the prep area. And then I was just, like, peeling potatoes, doing soups, salads, um, dicing up fruits. And one day she's like, hey, um, you, you want to work the line? I said, yeah. And then she put me on the line. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but we had that rush, and I, and I, and I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So this is lamb shanks wow. yeah this is lamb from where i got these from sprouts they have a lot of wild game meats it's exp expensive but yeah the money to pay for it, you, you you do and you bring it back you take care of it and cook it right and yeah i'm always afraid to buy some kind of expensive piece like that yeah. because i think am i going to mess it up yeah. i'm going to mess it up i'm going to waste is, it um, because i have done that before <laughs> this is um ashin oh ashin this is salt so my brother got the salt from Zuni, from the Zuni Canyons oh, in New Mexico. I hear about Zuni salt. Yeah. My brother had got this salt. My brother's a medicine man. His name is Andrew James. So I'll use this on this lamb here. 
This is a blue corn mushy, yeah. My grandma used to make that a lot. She made that for me a lot. She used to make that for me a lot. <laughs> she, my grandma always made that. She would make blue corn. She would make blue corn mush and she would make this other one. It, used to, it was like a bread. It was like a bread. I'm not sure what it was called. And I was maybe like five, eight, eight years old the last time that I seen her make it. Haven't had it since then. I see people selling it over at the flea, on Gallup Flea Market. Haven't had it since I had my grandma's, my mustaches. It's not like a kneel down bread, but like it's, a cornbread. It's, corn like, it's, it's almost like a cornbread. It's almost like yeah, it's almost like a cornbread. It's a blue cornbread. Yeah. We just finished the lamb shank, and it was really good. You, you described it as as you can taste the lamb and 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 like what I used was the machine salt that my brother gave me that he had that he had got from Zuni from the Zuni Canyons and I add a little bit of that to it and, and I, I cooked it to like medium and just let it rest for about five minutes and just you know just take it off the heat leave it leave it in the pan but take the pan off the heat and it'll keep it warm but it'll let the meat rest by the time you're done plating and by that it, should, yeah. it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, and you know that tastes a lot different than what you usually have at home like people doing backyard barbecue or yeah. anything like that. The, the mutton is usually really tough, yeah. really stringy, just like really sticks to your teeth and, and I think we need to um, let meat rest more, like teach people about the importance of uh, letting meat rest. I agree with that, you know, I've I never used to do that. Finally, as soon as I started doing it, you can taste the juice, you can taste the meat. But the problem with back home is like um, it's a lot of mutton, it's a lot of the, it's a lot of beef, it's a lot of steaks. You know, that's what everybody loves. And back home, the the problem with back home on the on the res is that everybody loves their steaks well done. Everybody they see a little bit of red in it, they see a little bit of the blood on it. They don't want it because yeah. of that. So that's the problem is that you can't let a well done steak rest. This is, you cook it well done, there's, there's nothing left of it. <laughs> you know, if, if this animal, you know, you're gonna butcher this animal, you know, eat it right. <laughs> yeah. If you like well done, you know, you like well done. <laughs> if you like medium, you know, I'm not gonna tell anybody how to eat, but, yeah. but that's just how I think. But other than that, you know, if you like well done, you know, my mom, she loves well done. That's why I can't really have cookouts with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first time I had a medium uh, uh, lamb uh, meat was maybe four years ago. And before that, I was like, it's not done. I don't think it's done because I've never seen yeah. that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, because growing up at home, everything's like well growing done. Up, growing up at home, everything's well done, yep. Yeah, so, so uh, back at home, you know, what, what, are, what are people cooking? What are people eating? And do we need to change that? Back home, you know, I grew up on potatoes. I grew up on spam. I grew up. Uh, I grew up on um, with commodity foods. It's basically just the basics, you know, like pork chops, flat steaks, uh, potatoes. A lot of potatoes. A lot of mutton stew. Just whatever people um, butcher sheep, and we we have that carrots, vegetables, uh, some squash. The other problem with back home is that there's a lot of fast food restaurants. You know, as I'm from Ganado areas, and for a long time, all they all for a long time, all they have there is a Burger King. Everybody's go-to is Burger King. They should have more restaurants, you know, like over in Chinle, they have a, over in Chinle, they have a Denny's restaurant now. They used to have two, they used to have two other restaurants there. But those two other restaurants could have done a more healthy menu. Uh, they have a restaurant. They like local restaurants? Yeah, it was on the, it was on the Junction, the Junction restaurant. And the other one was right there, just like right beside the one in the gas station. It's been years since I've been there, but mm -hmm. I heard that they have a, a Denny's there now, so. 
Dennis has a lot of grease. Dennis has a lot of fat. Dennis has a lot of, yeah. Yeah, Dennis tastes the same anywhere you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, Dennis is the same, but, you know, I eat at Dennis, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. If I were to go through Chinle, I'd probably eat at Dennis, yeah. but I would probably look for something more local first. So, um, a, year, a, a while ago, you were talking about a food truck, uh, like a grocery store truck that had foods on it that would bring foods around? So, I'm not sure what kind it is, but uh, what I was told is that it's a big truck. They have a, they have a lot of food that, that they give out to the community. Um, on Thursday mornings, I heard they do it in Chinle. On Saturday mornings, I heard they do it like at, at another at, a, at another small town. So, they go over there and um, they give out like a big box of say like a big boss of um, butter squash, um, acorn squash. Um, my uncle, a while back when I went back home, they had given him eggplants. He didn't know what to do with it. He, at, at that time, I was doing a catering out there. He came up to me and he asked me that, you know, they gave me this, so I don't know what to do with it. It just sits there and I just let it spoil and I just end up throwing it away. I told him there's actually a lot of things you can do with it. You can grill it. You can chop it up. You can saute. You can have it for lunch. You can have it for, you can have it for breakfast or dinner. Just you know, it's actually really healthy for you. Um, the acorn squash, you peel it, boil it. Um, you can add some agave to it. You can saute it in a pan. You can grill it. There's actually a lot of things to do with this. Uh, so I taught him a few things. Of you know, he was excited. He was happy about it that I had taught him what he can do with that. And if I could do that for for a lot of more other people there. That would be a really cool thing <laughs> to do. I've talked about this a couple of times in um, my podcast about uh, teaching people how to cook at that. Um, but th- it's, it seems like there's nobody really to stay back home and uh, teach people how to cook, which is like sorely needed. Like you were talking about eggplants, like one of, that's one of my favorite vegetables. But at, yeah, back at home, if I was still back at home, I probably wouldn't know what to do with it because nobody taught me how to cook. I grew up with the same foods that you did, but what some people would call like poor man's food, just like lots of rice, a lot of... Uh, uh, potatoes, lots of just like plain uh, meat with a little meats, bit of salt. Yeah, meats, canned yeah, meat. canned meats, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what that's pretty much what I grew up on is that. And every morning, just like um, just like now, like um, potatoes, um, 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 potato hash, um, spam, and scrambled eggs. Mix that together. That's my comfort food because that that's what it reminds me of back home. Yeah, so that's 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 what I grew up on is that. <laughs> And yeah. it's, it's going to be hard to like change those comfort foods because yeah. that's your comfort, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it actually is, and that's that's actually how it was like, because I had first started cooking in Gallup, and in Gallup it was just plain, you know, just burger steaks and um, um, baked potatoes, and that was it. There wasn't really nothing. There was everything was plain. A hamburger is a hamburger, but out here there's like all these black bean burgers, there's all these pork burgers, and there's so many, yeah. so many burgers, but. Back home was a burger was a burger. If I stayed back home, I wouldn't have learned everything that I know now. Like seafood, I didn't eat seafood until I was like 24, like 23. And since then, I loved it. I didn't have oysters until I was like 26, and I'm 29 now. <laughs> and yeah, it's just um, trying new things, like even feeling like it, just try it. Yeah, would that, would that be your message to people back at home coming to Albuquerque? Yeah, you know, try something local. You know, a lot of, a lot of people from back home, when they come out here to Albuquerque, they want Olive Garden, they want um, <laughs> they want um, Sadie's, they want uh, they want uh, Golden Corral, they want um, they want an all-you-can-eat buffet. When they come out here to Albuquerque, because that's all they know, that's all they come out here for. 
but there's a lot actually a lot of local restaurants here that are actually doing something with local foods and doing something more creative than than Olive Garden. Olive Garden is just a Olive Garden. <laughs> so like, um, but other than that, you know, when I don't want to cook, we we'll, we go out to eat somewhere. But I always tell like my mom and my uncle, say, yeah, you guys come over here. You guys come over to my restaurant over at the at the at the Public Culture Center at the Harvest Cafe. And I was telling, yeah, you come over and try some there. But when they do come over, they look at the menu and they're like, they see burgers. Like, like they look at everything that we have and they just say, oh, I just get a burger. I just yeah. get a burger. So, no, I'm gonna give you something else. <laughs> we had a trout there that that I gave to my uncle and he loved it. He's like, whoa, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, try it, just try it. You know, it's, you, you, you might like it or you might not. You know, it's the same, that's the same way with me with, well, with mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms, but I've tried it. I don't like it, so I don't, so I know I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How I think about it is uh, you eat three times a day every single day of your life until you die. So you can afford to go to other restaurants and try something else besides your usual, you know, checking. I see a lot of people on Facebook checking in at Olive Garden. Yeah. It's so-and-so's birthday. We're going to Olive Garden. We're going to Applebee's, yeah. Chili's, all, the, all these different places that don't really represent what is out there. They, they have their menu and it's the same everywhere. If you go to California, if you go to uh, Washington, D.C., if you go to Texas, New Mexico, Albuquerque, it's all the same. And I think people could really benefit and learn about different foods just by going to someplace else besides Olive Garden. Yeah. Olive Garden even has a burger now. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. Um, what besides uh, besides native foods? Besides uh, the foods that you grew up with? I mean, what what other kind of food um, out there in the world do you really like to eat? Like Italian or Middle Eastern or Chinese or anything like that? I love Italian foods. Um, I love Mexican foods. Uh, Middle Eastern foods I never really tried, but I've seen that I um, YouTube a lot of um, foods. So the other day I was I was at YouTube lamb, and over like in like Middle Eastern, like they boil a whole a whole lamb, like they boil it in this big pot, and they're like adding um, a lot of cumin, a lot of um, peppers, a lot of a um, lot of ingredients. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I want to try, I want to try something like that. Okay. I want to try that, yeah. And, and my buddy here next door, he's, he's um he's a, he's a Mexican guy. He he was telling me that like back home, they dig a hole and they um put the lamb down there and they build a fire over it. So I told him, say yeah, that's the same thing we do with like peri dogs and rabbits too. Like I grew up on rabbit, like eating peri dogs and rabbits back home too. So that's one of my go-to foods. Every time I go back home, I grab my 22 and me and my dad will go get some peri dogs. We'll bring like six of them back and then we'll like cook it and <laughs> is, is one just good enough for you or you got to have like three uh, i gotta have like two maybe like two or three <laughs> especially like with the with the nice fresh hot tortilla mm. we'll get some peri dogs and my grandma will already start like making dough my grandma was like you don't even gotta ask her she she just knows she yeah. she just knows when to when to cook yeah. yeah so she just starts making dough and by the time like the food's almost done and she already have the tortillas done she had the tortilla she had the fry bread done but i think Peridot tastes really good with hot tortillas. <laughs> what what does it taste like? Does it taste like any um, other food that people yeah. might be familiar with? Like the lamb. Like, like the lamb, yeah. I would it's think grassy, like sort of. It tastes grassy. It tastes gamey. It's like really tender too. It's like it's like it's not a whole lot of meat, but it's like a little bit. But it's actually really good though. It's like it's like greasy too. But it's like all that. It's all the flavors though that stays in there because you like wrapping in foil. All the all the flavors just stay in there. You, you throw some. Um, 
carrots, some um, some potatoes in the in the stomach, and just sew it back up, and all the flavors are in there. And it, it, it would probably taste like that lamb in there that we had, juicy, good, tender. That was Diné chef Josh Nez. He'll be cooking for campers at the fourth annual Bears Ears Summer Gathering. Visit utahdenebikeyot.org for more information. That's utahdene, B-I-K-E-Y-A-H dot org. I'm Andy Murphy, the host of the Toasted Sister podcast, and I want to say thank you so much for listening. I'm already in episode 36, and there's all kinds of exciting chefs and foodies to meet in the future. So head on over to ToastedSisterPodcast.com and to the support page where you can buy a nice, black, slick Toasted Sister coffee cup. Your support helps keep this podcast going. We'll see you around.